growing up with, if we wanted something and we didn't have it, we'd at least attempt to try and make it or would would get something would make it way better than what it was, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was like, oh, I'm just going to make me a ruler. Hello and welcome to the Chip Away podcast. My name's Adam and I talk with passionate construction professionals, try to chip away what it is to build, create and shape the landscape we live in. My guest for this episode is Regan from The Good Rule. Regan is an absolute Kiwi legend. By day, he's a chippy, and by night, he is an inventor. As you'll discover, Regan always has a project on the go. One day, he took a long, hard look at his ruler and decided he wanted a better one. Uh, If you have a love for craftsmanship and, and great tools, then this is the podcast for you. The Good Rule is currently taking Kiwi tradies by storm and there's much more to come for all you mad tool frothers out there. So sit back and hear all about Regan's journey and how high quality tool gets made. Enjoy. Regan, how you going? Thanks for coming on the podcast. I appreciate you coming along. Yeah, good. Good, um, good to be here, Adam. Thank you very much. No worries, no worries. So, if you could introduce yourself a little bit, that would be great. Just a, a quick bio. Um, I found out about you through Instagram and, and your project, uh, the Good Rule, which we'll definitely touch on uh, during this conversation. So, yeah, let us let us know who you are, and um, we'll get into it. So, my name's uh, Regan Lowe. I'm a um, chippy up in uh, Northland. I'm the creator of uh, the Good Rule. Um, which you're probably seeing getting created slowly on um, Instagram for you guys out there and gals. <laughs> yes, indeed we have. Yeah. So, so you, you are a chippy. So, so what's your day to day? You're up there on the coast, you're building batches. Is that right? Is that your main kind of stuff that you're, you're building up there? Yeah. Yeah. So where I live is um, we live rurally um, uh, Tūtaka Coast is like a holiday destination for um, quite a few people. So it's, uh, it's you know, it's it's uh, white sand, Pūtakawa trees, um, warm water. And uh, everyone wants to have a nice batch up here. And we, we, we live up here. Um, uh, and there's, a, there's a good crew of us. We're a tight crew. We've been working together for a long time. And, uh, yeah, and, and, yeah, we really... <coughs> enjoy what we're doing, um, build quite pretty high-end homes for our clients, which is awesome. It's what we do. Awesome. So how, how long have you, how long have you been a chippy? How did, how did it all start for you? Um, I've been, I've been a chippy for, um, well, actually you could go back even further. I was a, I was a roofer and, uh, oh, you could go back even further again. How far back do you want to go? Oh, let, let's go. Let's go right back. Yeah, I mean, you were saying earlier, you're a creator, you're a maker, clearly, and like you said um, before we started recording, you've always got a project on the go, even when you're a kid. So let's go right back there. I wouldn't mind picking your brain. I always find it interesting on the podcast to kind of find out where that um, blossoms from for some people. You know, some people it's like playing with Lego or perhaps the, you know, they had family members who are in the trade or always tinking away in the shed and that was just magical or fascinating for them. So yeah, where, where did it start with you? Well, yeah, yeah. Like, um, the, 
you, you could say the reason I got sort of stuck on that question is, um, is like chipping is just an extension of what I've always sort of done. Um, like when I was a kid, super little, um, like primary school, uh, I had a mate. Um, we weren't really into, we, we weren't really team sports sort of kids. We were definitely under the radar um, doing our own thing. Like he had a, you know, um, he grew up solo mum and he was, oh man, we had our, we didn't, we didn't really have adults live, growing up. So that's why I was always hanging out at his place. It was mm-hmm. just like pretty free. And in the back of us, he had this big, uh, big property. And in the back was the shed. And uh, that was kind of like our, uh, uh, that was ours. And um, we would just make stuff in there. And he'd keep it super immaculate. So it was just me and him in there for, quite a few years and uh, he had a little brother but we'd pull stuff apart like we'd pull lawnmowers apart um take the motors off them build trolleys um strip oh we'd get old total piece of shit motorbikes excuse my language and um we'd strip them down try and get them going but would when we'd put them back together we wouldn't just like get the motorbike going you know we, you'd have to go the whole hog and you'd get um can of spray paint to spray paint at the original Honda Red and, and we're only like 12 year olds, you know, like no money. Um, we're in Tamaranui as well. So it was like a full, definitely like rural New Zealand uh, town. That was, yeah, like dragging my mum off down to the, um, down to the pharmacy because I'd found a book in the school that was how to, how to make your own fireworks. So I, I got my mum to, um, pay for uh, potassium nitrate and potassium permanganate and sulfur and and the chemist would look at her and just be like what the hell's this little kid wanting like I was sort of yeah we're just always making something you know whether we're blowing stuff up in the shed or building something uh, that's what we did and so my dad as well so you can go back um my dad uh You'd probably know because your great grandfather or something like that was a shipwright I heard on an old podcast. Yeah, correct. Real funny. So mm. my dad was actually um, trained as a Navy shipwright when he was 15. Wow. Um, and they're not just like a Navy shipwright's not just a boat builder. They, uh, when you're looking after a frigate, you're doing everything, you know, you're like, you're, you're maintaining a big ship and, it's not just wood, it's steel and um, you name it. But then where they stop places that, you know, get off and they may, might build a schoolhouse for, uh, on an island or, um, you know, what, what they do on the services. And so uh, he, uh, when he left the Navy, he'd moved to Tamaranui and uh, that's where we grew up. But um, he went on from that to be a chippy in Tamanui and then went on to be the building inspector in Tamanui. So mm-hmm. I'd go from my mate's place to my dad, be, you know, back home. And I had another big shed full of all woodworking tools at home. Right. So mm. I just, we just grew up. Um, it was just, it was our environment um, growing up. Yeah. And then uh, um, school. Oh, <laughs> Couldn't wait to leave that place quick enough, eh? Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, 
I knew I was smart at school, but um, not book smart. Mm-hmm. Definitely uh, seemed to wing my way through what I had to do, but that was all I wanted to do to get my way through. Mm-hmm. And then when I found out that I could leave, I was gone. So I left at 15. Um, and uh, Tamanui doesn't have many options um, for what you can do after school academically. So I um, studied automotive engineering, worked as a, I actually started an apprenticeship engineering conditioning, but I never really liked being stuck inside. Like we grew up, we grew up in the outdoors, you know, we were, yeah, if you know Tamanui, it's, 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 uh, it's just bush um, farmland. Um, it's a good place to grow up. I knew that wasn't for me. And then I discovered um, I was really into snowboarding, uh, Mount Ruapehu. You know, we're right next door to the mountain. And mm. uh, it was right at that time when snowboarding kind of was starting to take off. And uh, <clears throat> I found out that there were ski fields in the South Island. And uh, that opened a month earlier than uh, the mountain at uh, Mount Ruapehu. And I was just like, oh, my God, you guys get snow earlier than I do. Because, you know, I, I used to hitchhike up Mount Ropeu with my snowboard. And when I was um, 18, I hitchhiked my way down to the South Island and um, had, had some family friends in Alexandra and uh, went and visited them and then went up to Wanaka and I discovered Wanaka and was just like, oh, my God, this place is amazing. Mm-hmm. Like um, the amount of... You'd be familiar from Christchurch um, mm-hmm. uh, back, you know, uh, oh man, how long ago was that? Over 20 years ago, it was like a sleepy ski bum town um, before it sort of really started pumping. And mm-hmm. um, and uh, yeah, I turned up there and it's just it was just full of young people, kind of like like-minded individuals that were just into adventure and just getting out there and doing stuff and having a really awesome time. And so I, um, yeah, I got a job working, worked uh, for Ripon Vineyard, helping on the, in the vineyard, and then uh, eventually doing seasons up Kadrona. I got a job helping build the park and pipe, train park and pipe up there, and we, yeah, it was super fun. You know, you'd ride mm. all day and build jumps and uh, <laughs> awesome. we crashed dummies on the rail slides before we'd let the public go at it you know yeah it was great great fun but um in the off season i'd uh had the opportunity to give a guy a hand roofing he i gave him a hand and it was just natural like i was you know it was like tin snips and i just knew how to drill you know it was just like it was just like i you just know stuff you know Mm. yeah so yeah yeah so i was so i just i just roof in, in the off seasons and snowboard in the in the winter and I just that's all I was interested in doing. I uh, was asked to do a cache putting a roof on for a builder. I was to do all the flashings because I was really into the technical technical roofing, like the flashings and the mm. company that I was um, that was happy to employ me would would you know it was they were just like I I was always always a uh, reliable you know like always turned up. So I think that's why they. Um, would let me go each winter um, to, and then and then come back again, you know, mm-hmm. in the off season. So he, uh, I was laying this roof, and 
it was on the weekend. Oh, I'd done the, we'd done the roof and I was doing all the flashing, sorry. And, uh, and then he was like, oh, do you want to um, come work for me Monday as a start as a chippy? And there's heaps to do here. And then you can do my roofs on my jobs. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, why not? It seems like my, my dad's a chippy, so I know what I'm doing. Or, you know, like I, it wasn't foreign to me. So mm-hmm. Monday morning I'm uh, putting on tool belt with a, with a, you know, different set of tools. And, um, and that began that really. Yeah, I started down that role. Yeah, started as a chippy, which yeah. was probably 20, oh, getting close to maybe 18 years ago. So that began your, your journey in carpentry. Like you say, you've been doing it for 20 years. So um, you've obviously learned quite a lot and you've, you've have a bit of passion for that trade. So yeah, how, how's that journey been since from kind of getting thrown that opportunity to now you're, you're building batches up, up where you're at at the moment? Is there... Um, should we fill in the gaps in between there? Yeah, yeah, um, totally. So, uh, yeah, so I started carpentry and uh, it, it was awesome. It was like I loved the smell of the timber, you mm. know, like almost, it just felt so familiar, you know, like it took me back to the my childhood, you know, like the smell of my dad's shed and I was just like, oh, man, this is, I know this. And, uh, yeah, it was great. I um, it was not, not really even a job, you know. You could just tune out build get into it once you started getting into your book work i was like oh yeah oh this is cool like all the um all the engineering that goes into it like through 3604 um you know learning all just all the regulations and i just yeah i just lapped it up because and then i'd ring my dad and and we'd just you know talk on the phone and he'd be explaining to me like lintel loads and how things were back then and why this came about and back, you know, back in the day and they used to do it like this. And so I learned this like whole backstory about building through my dad, you know, mm. and, and why things were and when this came about mm. and, you know, all this, all this stuff. And, and, uh, and I realized it was like a, there was a, like a whole much, a whole lot more to it than just, you know, turning up, putting your tool belt on, doing a day's, the day's work and, and going home, you know, like there's so much, there's so much to know, you know? And so, um, well, I, I'm, I'm just super inquisitive and I always want to know like why things work and like just from, you know, pulling stuff apart. And so I'd be asking the electrician, like, how does, how does power get over there? And why does the fuse box look like this? And, and I'd probably be a little bit annoying, you know, because <laughs> I just wanted to know, or with the plumbers turning up, you know, like I want to, I actually want to help the plumber and almost be as like lackey just to help him crawl under the house and run pipes. Cause I'm going to learn. I want to know what the plumber's doing and why he's doing it. Not just, you know, I just, I want to know. Mm-hmm. And uh, you want to know why you've got what the minimum fall is over six meters of pipe. So that, which, which helps me now. Cause I, I, uh, with running jobs, you see stuff that's not right that might not be on your build. You'll see a wire, like maybe one of the apprentices would be like, what's this wire for when you're doing jibbing? And no one knows what it's for. But if you know just a little bit of basic, you can be like, oh, that's that's uh, that's your uh, two-way wire for a two-way switch that the Sparky's put in and it's come out of the uh, flush box. So that should just lift there. And a quick call to the Sparky, you're like, hey, I found this wire and this is where I think it's going and he'll be like, yeah, yeah totally. You know, like mm-hmm. it's just, 
you're building a home, you know, you're not, you're not, uh, yeah, you know, there's, there's a whole lot that goes in a home. It's not just carpentry. It's the, it's the roof and the, and the concrete and, you know, like, why, you know, like, why, why, why do we have higher, higher, higher MPA in some places and not in others, you know, mm. not just being told put concrete in that hole. I want to know why that, why the engineers wanting, wanting that with a higher MPA, you know, like it's, that's 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 how my brain works all day, you know. Like it's always ticking, you know. That's a thing, yeah. You, yeah, always got to be learning, eh? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Do do you feel yeah. like? Uh, do you feel like? You know, you're obviously, like you say, an inquisitive person who who likes to learn, um, and you're not someone perhaps who will nail themselves down to one sort of um, discipline or one sort of area of making or creating or participating in that. But do you find that being a chippy or it's a good place to be if you're like you are, because you're exposed to such a wide range of, of different ways to be creative and participate in that and keep, like you say, keep your brain kind of ticking over, you know, you're, you're always having to learn something. You're ne- it's never um, too repetitive. You know, you're always interested. It's not a, like a oh, dull moment. Yeah, yeah. The guy that I work for, he gives me like I just ask him, can I just I just want the trickiest jobs I can get my head into. Yeah, I'm I'm sort of I'm done with the job once all the framing's up. Like once we're out of the ground and the framing's up, I'm like, right, next project. Like <laughs> I don't want to know about jib because I'm not I'm not putting anyone with the jib down, but um like it's gotta be done. I want the structure, I wanna know, I wanna mm. get you know, um it's it's the engineering, the structure, the how it all goes together. But then to say that I like that because what I'm doing is within that structure, I can, it sets me up for getting the perfect detailing at the end of the job when you're doing your finishing work. And so you're like, yeah, I've got that roof plane coming down and it's striking that wall right on that right single point where this wall intersects. And then when we're bringing in all this negative detailing, it's just like perfectly thought out. And Mm. that's where having that, understanding right back at the beginning of a job is so key mm-hmm. so that you're finishing where people walk in when the job's finished right at the end and they're just like man this finishing work's amazing it's not that you smashed out the framing as quick as you could and didn't really think about the whole big picture you were just not saying you but you know what i mean like a, yes it's doing all that groundwork just to and really having a complete understanding of the whole overall project. And so when, yeah, when you, when you're getting to your, into the finishing, eh, you know, and it's just coming together, it's quite, um, that's, that's where I get my kick as well, you know? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's satisfying on two levels yeah, because, definitely. yeah, because doing, doing finishing work is, is great fun and, it, and it's this kind of the showpiece. But like you say, you, you're doubly satisfied that perhaps, you know, you're not, I don't know, scribing a piece of timber um, from like 20 mils at the, you know, at the bottom of the window to 50 at the top because, you know, you didn't quite get your framing right or you didn't quite set out your your margins, whatever it may be. Um, so, yeah, you know, yeah. it's that double satisfaction of, yeah, I took it. I took the extra time to get this framing in this slab and, you know, everything absolutely mint. So then the framing, uh, the, the finishing rather is not easy, but it's uh, it's there to be, to be done um and it's you know it's going to turn out good so yeah i see yeah, what you're yeah. saying uh, yeah totally but it's more like 
the trickier it is like throw in like big steel portals and the it's like the more expensive it can become and the greater risk of a major balls up makes it better like it, it's just like oh you know you just gotta yeah just gotta go for it and check your mass and that like complete understanding of the project right at the at, at, in the ground you know yeah it's in the ground but you know exactly what it's going to look like right at the end mm. because you can see all that image in your head of how it all goes together and mm-hmm. yeah yeah yes. i like that so, I yeah, think a, I think a, I think a big part of that as well, especially perhaps for a younger carpenter, is that idea of not being afraid to give a big project like that a crack or, or difficult work in general um, a crack. I think some people get like a little bit. I know I do this myself. You get a little bit too strung up, especially at the start of the job when you see these plans and and you don't you know kind of compartmentalize the job and, and break it down and. Um, you can put yourself in a bit of a spin, but if you just give something a crack, it's 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 amazing what you can actually pull off. Um, and like you say, it kind of adds to that, I guess, risk factor or or heightens the tension a little bit, and and the payoff yeah, yeah. is bigger, you know, when you get it at the end. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's almost like <laughs> slow building adrenaline, almost. You know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. For a non-adrenaline job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. definitely. Yeah, yeah, it's quite, yeah, it's definitely quite satisfactory, you know. Um, yeah, yeah, bit of stress, you know. It's always stress is good because it gives you, it gives gives meaning, you know. Like yes, yeah, yeah it's a good motivator. Yeah, in a good way. Yeah, 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 totally. Yeah. Um, but but also like I guess the trickier the job, like I draw off all my experience from. Um, so studying like um, automotive engineering. See, one of the things I used to do, so I used to, um, after work, you know, you've knocked off for the day. I'm not one to go and sit down and drink beers in front of the TV. I've just got like a, there's, there's always another project going on at home, you know? So mm-hmm. so instead of just, I, I wouldn't just be, a, I'm a carpenter during the day, but then but then like at home, I'm, I'm into I was right into. I've always, I've, I've always been real creative, like mm-hmm. um, as well. Like my mother, my mother taught me how to draw when I was real little. Mm. I didn't realize it, but I've always just sketched and drew. And if I had an idea, I'd be like, "No, no, you got to do. It. We're gonna do it like this." And uh, I'd, I'd draw the, I'd draw the picture of what we we're gonna build or what it would look like, and people would go, be like, "Oh yeah, I understand." Mm. And I didn't realize it, but what it wasn't till I was like a lot older that I. I understood the power of drawing because drawing and i've used it so many times can like span like social boundaries and also languages yes um, which might sound a bit odd but i can explain it as um being like you could say a layman chippy having to explain a detail to maybe quite a high rolling architect there can be a little uh, bit of, I love architects. I think they're great, but we all know we can just be like, ah, oh, bloody architects design this. And why would you do it when our way is better? Cause we know what we're talking about. It can be a bit like that. Yeah. But, but that can actually just be a bit of um, just a bit of misunderstanding between two groups. What I found is I could sketch out and I'd, so I'll, I'll, I could sketch out like a detail and just be like, Hey, this is what I'm thinking. And then they'd be like, oh yeah, totally. Let's, let's just go with that. If you think 
that's the way to go. And and so over time, it would um it, it was just like oh well that was a really quick easy solution because you can get your point across. Yeah, yeah. So like I'll be like I'll be on the job site working, and then and then I'll have to stop and grab a block of wood and uh, and 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 start drawing out an idea that's just hit me in the head. You know, like mm-hmm. I'll, I'll just, you're working away, but then you've also got like details ticking away in the back of your head that might that you need to get stuck into, you know, um, mm-hmm. and drawing my, my, actually my mother taught me how to draw when I was, um, when I was real little and I, I've always stuck with it. And I'm, it's, I didn't realize it. I didn't realize it till I was older, how, how, how sort of powerful it is really like to, to purvey an idea to someone I can, I can sit there and describe to you, you know, the color of what it is and the shape of what it is and, and what it might feel like. The image in your head will be completely different to the one I've described to you, but I'll think that you've totally got what I've, I've told you. And mm-hmm. I'll just be like, yeah, he's, Adam's totally got, got it because I've just told him all about, all about every aspect of it. And it completely won't be. But mm. if you can draw it, you can, you can get every... You can get all the perspective of it, the detailing on it, and then you could probably go away and build it, and it'll look ninety-nine percent like what I drew. And mm-hmm. so I've used that, like, in all my any project that I've done, a eh? like that any projects where I've had to involve other people, um, mm-hmm. say engineers or or electricians or or um, or tool makers or industrial designers or designers um, of of uh, um, yeah, yeah, I've I've sat down and nutted it all out as much detail as I can figure out because it's all in my head. I can totally I can look at a drawing and then I'll have the image of almost like the three D render in my head. Like I can I know it almost like. Whereas my boss is always like, no, 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 just just draw it out, draw it out for me, uh, and then I'll know what you're talking about. You know what I mean? Like, and then I'll draw it, and you're like, ah, and then you know, like, so that's just that was. That was quite key into um, hugely key into help creating the the good rule. Mm-hmm. Um, if we wanted to get into how that came about, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm really interested because you know when I first seen you and then, and I've, I've seen the roller um, just from the pictures that you've put up um, and kind of the little things that you've explained about it. But I was like, man, that's that's a that's a heck of a project to try and reinvent the ruler, you know. Um, I mean, not reinvent yeah. it, just just you know, put your own spin on it, perhaps. But um, make it a make it a little bit better. Yeah, I think I think you could well be onto something there. That's yeah. Um, you know, I'm excited to hear about how it came about, and and even if you could just go into exactly what the ruler is and and what separates it perhaps from the other rulers that are out there at the moment that'd be awesome okay so um how it came about right so what i do is um because i'm got a uh, i've always got like a whole heap of shit happening on my head at, at one time what i do is uh is you got to allow time for um you got to allow time to daydream like it's that's i reckon that's key you know, because mm-hmm. just with like today technology, you got phones, you know, you can be glued to your phone and you just every spare moment you can be stuck into social media and just be like, oh yeah, and then I'm going to read the paper and then I'm going to check the weather and then I'm going to, you know, check the surf forecast and it totally just tampers critical thinking, you know, and, and creative thinking. And and so what I do is uh, I, I make time to um, try and turn all that off, get 
get rid of the jumble of thoughts. And then once that's all done, just by chilling out and uh, stuff just starts to flow, you know, and, mm. and, and it just can nut stuff out. So, and so I do that when I'm um, driving to work, like I've got this set, set distance that I drive to work. We're always building in a real similar area. So I've just got my drive to work. And so I make sure I've got like, I don't listen to music. I don't have the radio on. I just know that it's like that time that I've got is, is my time just to drive to work, super quiet. It's, a, it's like a full country road. Like I drive past like a dairy shed and I wait for the cows to cross the road and then I wind up and then I drive along this like coastal coastline and there's, and then there's like a school bus that I wave to. Like that's about the only vehicle that I see each day, you know, to, mm. to get to site. And, um, and so, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm driving along and, uh, let those thoughts go. And then you're just cruising along. And then I'm thinking like, why have we got a, why is my rule a meter? Who decided a meter? Well, how long have we had these, them at a meter for? And then I was like, I wonder if it was a builder that decided that it was a meter or, or a manufacturer who was, who decided it was a meter. And then I'm like, why isn't it 45 wide? Why is it like a weird measurement wide? And I was like, mm. why is it like, why is it? And then I was like, they're not even that well made. I was like, have you ever looked at the, the hinge? It's got this sort of like this aluminium disc or something and it's super thin and it's like, cause they just break. And then I was like, and then I was like, oh no, all our, all our measurements are like an imperial, like 16 feet, 18 feet. Cause you know, like from my dad, like having all these discussions and I'm like, cause you know, you're four by two is, um, well, there you go, four mm. by two. Mm-hmm. Actually, you know, we use imperial measurements all the time, but we don't really realize it, you know, like mm-hmm. a, when you're 4.8 meters is, uh, what's that, 16, 18 feet? I probably got that wrong. I need a check, but <laughs> 3.6, like 1.2, 2.4, 3.6, 4.8. They're all imperial measurements from when, when it was. And then so I was like, well, a meter's not imperial, it's a metric. And, and so, and then I'm like, it should be, the ruler should be 1.2 long. And then I was like, but that won't even fit in your tool belt. That'd stick way out. Mm. You know what I mean? Like it has to be just from my understanding of how things go together, like mechanically with the engineering, like stuff's got to fit right, you know? Mm. And, and that was bugging me then, eh? So now I'm like focused on how annoyed I was at that I had this tool that I didn't know who made it for me, but I'm using it in my trade as, as a job, but I felt like it just, it wasn't cool. You know, this wasn't well thought out enough. Mm. And, and I was like, well, just from growing up with, if we wanted something and we didn't have it, we'd at least attempt to try and make it or would, would get something would make it way better than what it was, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was like, oh, I'm just going to make me a ruler. That's the right, make one what I want because these are wrong. And, uh, and yeah. And so the next, that, that night I just, I, uh, I was at home and I just started sketching and I was just like, no, nah, no, nah, it's gotta be, it's gotta be uh, 600, which is half a, half a sheeted jib. And then it just, it just all made sense and it just started coming together. And, and then I was like, ah, oh. so I had, I rang up my mate, uh, my mate Becky, who's a super talented, designer she's a she's a graphics artist and you know she does um kids books and stuff and i and i just know from being a builder like you can't just take a um a set of scribbles to a builder and and say build me my house you know like it's got to go to a 
got to it's got to be done properly you know you've got to draw a full set of plans so I, I rang her up and I was like hey Becky uh can you do me a job and she's like yeah sure and I was like yeah I, can you draw me up a ruler and she's like what and I was like yeah I want to uh, I need you to draw up me a you just got to draw up what it looks like properly because I couldn't draw like I wanted, I wanted like a whole picture, but I needed the ruler to look perfect. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like mm-hmm. the, the image of the ruler, because I was like, for it to, for it to look right, it was, it was too accurate for what I could draw freehand. Mm-hmm. I could draw, I could draw a ruler and I could draw it in, in isometric or oblique, but to draw the one mil increments all the way along the ruler, I was like, I, I need, um, I need help. So Becky's like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll draw it up. I was like, okay. So I gave her, I sent her, um, all my drawings that I had, <clears throat> all my concept sketches. And then a couple of days later, she emails them back to me and I was like, oh, this is cool. And then, and then, so you're looking at it on paper, but things look a lot different on paper than they do in real life, you know? Mm-hmm. So you're like, huh. And so I got on Instagram and I was, I was, I was actually started Googling. Um, I was looking at rulers, just all the rulers we've ever had, you know, like you look at hundred year old rulers, like folding rulers, that, they're, they're super old and you look at them and they're just beautiful like they're so well made beautiful brass hardware connected into like hardwood wood and the natural progression of creating something you'd expect the next version would be better than the last version but it was like why did we did where did it go wrong with the rulers like you have these beautiful old like i have my some of my dad's shipwright tools like beautiful bevels with like brass and hardwood and brass mm. pins that go through that are, and then you look at today's ones and you're like man where did it go wrong like you had a tool maker back then who knew because they were obviously a craftsman back in the day they knew what a good tool was required and then maybe it's progressed into they're not but maybe it's because it's got all gone on to computers now and plastic molding and and so maybe there's like i'm not knocking designers but now you've got designers designing tools for us, but they've lost the the trade um, input for mm. the for the design and that skill from there was probably like a lot less people involved originally to if you could, if you understand mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. kind of being lost and I was like man the natural progression of of that rule should be a a modern rule but with those aspects of those of the old of the old style like really well made and nice tight and all the hinges and 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 not flimsy and cheap and mass-produced type thing so Mm -hmm. um, i uh found a crew so i took becky's drawings and um found a crew in auckland that of industrial designers i just happened to find a hand-drawn drawing of a of a builder's tape of a Mm -hmm. new a new take on a builder's tape Mm -hmm. and i was like oh, well, that's pretty cool. And I was like, I wonder who drew this? Because someone's like thinking about, is, is thinking on a, it was, it was a tape, you know, not a ruler. I tracked, tracked them down and I was like, holy crap, they're in Auckland. And I was like, I've got to meet this guy. Discovered a team of industrial designers in Auckland that are totally driven around collaboration. They, they all have their own individual projects, but at the beginning of each sort of work week, they all get, to, they all get together and, um, sit around the table and um, discuss. They devote like 20 minutes each to each person's project. I'm pretty sure that's how it rolls. And and so one person gets up and discusses his project and everyone sits around and goes, oh, yeah, yeah, cool. And then they add their two cents. And then then so you get this really 
wholesome, like creative input from like a bunch of minds, you know, all working together, you know, and, mm-hmm. and even like, yeah. And that's what happened with this rule. So, so after Becky, who, uh, who happened in front of her desk in her office. She has a, um, for a piece of artwork, she's got like, she has a ruler collection that she stares at every day. And it's like those old meter, wooden meter rulers. Mm-hmm. She's, she's collected like 30 of these things and they're all kind of like glued together. And cause she's totally into the um, graphics design of them on, on how they used super old school fonts. And it was like Larry's carpet shop and, and then he's a meter ruler. I don't know if you remember them, but mm-hmm. it's not, so, so she's like doing her work daily and looking up and staring at this ruler artwork each day, you know, so her input into that. So she's had her input into the, into the design of, of her perception of, of, of what it should look like graphically, which was really cool. Um, and, and, and also before I got too far as, as also I was, I was quite aware of the, of the brand as well because that's like the whole overall image of the rule so even though i was like i just want to see if i can make a rule i was like it's got to have a it's got to have a brand you, you think of you know it's like what would you name a rule like I thought that was just a bit weird but i was like yeah. well it's gonna be a rule and then i was like oh the good rule so I, I kind of named it for fun and, and then i was like becky we'll call it the good rule and she was like oh that's cool Mm-hmm. because uh, she could have a bit of fun with the um the graphics design on it and mm. uh because she's influenced by all these super old school yeah nah she's cool at what she does she's good at what she does and so that's how that came about she did a bunch of iterations and we went back and forth and we chose we chose that and tweaked this and tweaked that and so the um so the g to explain the g and the good rule is actually a square and an arc when you when you look at it it's actually just a yeah a basic shape that complements what it's actually about and yeah and then so the industrial designers so we're at the industrial designers and and uh, I, I arranged to have a meeting with with these guys i actually um tracked down this uh the older gentleman and i was like this guy i could just tell from his bio that i was like yeah this guy he knows his stuff because he's he's an old school tradesman you know like you could tell in his trade like he he's not a He's, he's an old school tradesman, industrial designer. And, mm. and, and just from my growing up, I was like, I wanted to talk to someone who's kind of like, I felt like was my dad, who is just a wealth of knowledge in, in their field. His name's Peter. And so, yeah, I managed to arrange a meeting with, with uh, Peter. There was a young guy there too, Hayden, who, who was his uh, uh, co-worker. And, and so the two of us, or the three of us are sitting in, this, in the boardroom and, and I said, oh, look, I've got a little project um, just wondering if you guys might be interested in it. And they're like, oh yeah, what is it? And I pulled out the, pulled out, I actually went and bought like a whole heap of rulers that, that we all use. And I was, and I was like, and, and I showed them, um, I've, I've got my drawings, like my, my concept drawings and, and Becky's like super tidy draft, her set of plans. And I was like, this is what I want to create. And I explained what it was about. I was like, I want a rule that that's suited for our, how, how I build this one doesn't cut it and I said ah oh. and I explained all the reasons and then they looked at it from like an industrial designer's point of view and they were like looking at the hinges and how the hinges all work and they pulled them all apart and 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 they were like really into the mechanics of it and they were like oh this is quite this is cool and and this isn't cool and oh yeah we could make we could do this and then I'd showed them like a whole bunch of old images of all the old tools like all the old folding tools and I was like this is what I like this is this is what these used to look like and you know 
can, can we can we do this? And so, yeah, so they went away and they came back and they sent me uh, through uh, 3D rendered images of the rule. And I was just like, oh my God. When I opened up the email, I was just like, I was like, Carly, come check this out. Carly's my wife. I was like, mm-hmm. check this out. And she's just like, oh my God, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. And there's like, they gave me all these, uh, yeah, it was cool. It was cool. Like seeing it was like, oh my God, I can see this ruler now because of 3D. I don't know if you've seen like a, oh, you, you would have seen a 3D rendered image, you know, like they're, they're lifelike. And so mm-hmm. I was like, there it was, just sitting in the computer and you're looking at it and you're like, wow, that's awesome. And then, mm-hmm. so, like, so then it's like, okay. So then you're like, okay, so now you're going down the road of, um, of potentially, you, you got to prototype it, right? Because it's too expensive to go and pay for a, a, a plastic extrusion mold to be made and then to realize that it's a cock up mm-hmm. because that's a lot of money. So, so with 3D printing nowadays, you can, you know, for a couple hundred bucks, you can hit print. And within a couple of hours, you've got like a, um, you got, you can hold it. You know, it's in your hands. And uh, mm. so we got um, the brass component tree got machined in New Zealand and um, we 3D printed the ruler. Yeah, down for another meeting and it was like they passed the ruler and it was just like, it's white. It's this white plastic and it's uh, kind of brittle because it's, it's a, you know, it's a special plastic for, um, for uh, printing. You know, mm. it's not the real deal. I ended up dropping the ruler like a couple of months ago and it hit the... Um, hit my garage floor and just shattered. <laughs> broke. It was like the original prototype. And I was like, oh, oh no. Yeah. yeah. But then I was like, oh, well, you know, like move on. And uh, the, the new ones are way better, I must add, because they're made out of quite high quality plastic. Um, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah. So we printed this ruler. They had these. Um, and so, yeah, so when you're printing it and, and you put the, the hinges in, you could be like, the very first time you open up a rule, you know, when you're in a shop and you open up a rule and, and if it's quite floppy and loose, you're like, no, nah, this is junk. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You put it back on the shelf and you pick up. And so you have your, your own, like I've got, I've got my own type of rule that I liked, you know, like and tape measures, you know, like everyone's got there. There's like the fax max guys and there's the Milwaukee tape guys and, and mm-hmm. the Lufkin, you know, like you've got your tape that you like, you like the feel of it and how it works, you know? So opening the first rule was like, nah, it's not there. The hinge is too slightly too loose. You know, I want a little bit of resistance when you open it up. And I was like, cause it's going to wear over time. And, and the industrial, the guys, uh, Peter and Hayden, the industrial designers were like really interested cause they were getting like a, a an end user's point of view of what they've, what their interpretation of it was. Mm. So, so it was, it was like this real cool collaboration as well. Cause, uh, cause I was so familiar, you know, you're so familiar with it cause you use it every day. And then, so we, um, so then they're like, oh yeah. And so these guys are making refinements of, of, um, you know, point, point two of a millimeter, you know, like that's the difference between a sloppy hinge and a perfect resistance hinge without it being too tight, you know, like, it's a fine line, you know, and and then so yeah, and then we print another. Yeah, it's way better. It's awesome. It's it's cool, but it's still in white, you know. And then mm. and then uh, and then so then you sign off. Then you're like, yep, that's it. Signed off on on that. And then so it's like, right, manufacturer, got to find a manufacturer. But then, but uh, I said, oh, while while you're doing this, while we're doing this, can we just document? Oh, uh, can you just take photos of of um, sort of behind the scenes of of how you're doing it because um i just i just like to start collecting it because i thought imagine if 
what would be cool is like I'd find it really interesting if I was following the progression of a product being built from a maker's point of view. And I was like, ah, oh, I might, I might just post, I'll, I'll just use my old Instagram account because I, I, I'm not a big fan of social. I, I kind of just don't have enough time, you know? And, uh, and then I was like, okay, I'll just delete all my old photos on my old Instagram account and I'll just make up a new one, call it this, call it the good rule. Yeah, and I just posted a, um, I was real careful, like I posted an image, an image of um, just, a, a, just a teaser really um, of, a, of a 3D. Because by then I'd invested quite a bit of um, quite a bit of money, so then next comes um, uh, looking for a, a manufacturer, right? Mm. So it was like, oh, where do I go? I had a. Um, it it took a long time to uh, to work through trying to find a suitable manufacturer, right? It was like you know you you put out a, a request. It's called a request for quote. You have a it's a person called a sourcing agent, right? Practically, pretty much, you you uh, contract a sourcing agent to um, put feelers out to find a suitable manufacturer. Right? Mm-hmm. This is stuff you learn. You know, this is how I learn. You know, like you like sourcing agent. What's a sourcing agent? So you get online and you Google sourcing agent and you read up all about what a sourcing agent is and mm-hmm. terminology. And then, and then uh, by the end of an evening, you're like. I know what a sourcing agent is and, and you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. If, what, yeah. if you want to know something, teach yourself, you know, like just, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's how you roll. You know, if you want to, if you want to get somewhere, it's all there, you know, you got like an internet full of, uh, full of every bit of knowledge you need to know about anything and everything, you know, or you could watch cat videos. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, you decide what you want to do with it. You know, like you're you're doing awesome podcasts. That's what you're doing. You know, like you're yeah. you're using it as a as a as a, as a tool. As Definitely. What you can create with it. You know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, it's great. You can you, you can find out. There, what are you What are you doing with your internet? You know, <laughs> like million wishes to do anything you want and. I hope it ain't cat videos. Oh, well, the internet is great because you can find out what a sourcing agent is and then later you can still watch cat videos. So <laughs> yeah, it's I a win-win. Like yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do enjoy cat videos. Yeah. 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 Especially like the mum cat that like whacks the baby kitten back into the box, you know? You they, <laughs> yeah. Go off on another tangent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so, um, so sourcing agent, right? So, uh, mm. um, so sourcing agent, he, you know, you sort of have an agreement like contact. You need to contact ten potential manufacturers, and they will all, not necessarily all, but uh, at, out of all the responders, they will give like say a list, a list of to build, um, cost price, mold price. Um, then you then you hear stuff like single injection molding double injection molding and i'm just mm. like what, what the hell i don't know what that is but i'll figure it out and you do and um you know common sense and and yeah yeah and so so then yeah um but none of them really made me go that's then and mm. then so it was like, oh man, and that took like eight months to get to that stage. Just to, you know, waiting for. It took a long time, and then it was just like, ah, 
man, I'm just going to get online and I'm going to, you just get online. And I started digging and eventually got, I was like, I want a tool maker, you know? And then I found a, I actually found a, um, a couple that specialized in a couple in China, a couple of um, companies in China. I did look at New Zealand, like, don't get me wrong. I did get look at New Zealand. Um, the Chinese, this is what I learned from Peter, the older industrial designer. He said, look, if you want cheap, the Chinese can make cheap. If you want high quality, the Chinese can make high quality. They'll make exactly what you ask for. Mm-hmm. And, and I always remember that. They, they're clever. They, they, they know how to make stuff mm-hmm. and, um, really well if you ask for it right i've actually spent a lot of time in um traveling to japan with um with snowboarding and mm. i understood the asian way of business even though japan and china are completely different countries but there's a similar almost like a similar way of doing business like mm-hmm. if you don't ask you don't get and and it won't be offered almost mm. um you've got to you've got to hunt it out and 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 ask for it and they'll do it. So, so, uh, yeah. So I ended up, um, finding a manufacturer that makes tools that we use. And so I was like, yeah, started a, started a conversation really. And, and, um, and, and it's a trust thing too, you know? So, and yeah. And then sent them over, um, everything we had and got prices that were back that were like, Oh yeah, I could, I could actually do that, you know? And I was never thinking of it as being a um, product to take to market, to sell to people. It Mm -hmm. wasn't even, it's just a project for me. Like I'm just solely focused on making a rule or, you know, you know, it's just a project that I've got that I've started and now I have to see the end of it. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, it's like the bit of, obsessive nature that I get into when I'm into a project because I know that you've got to do it all the way to the end or else you'll just end up with a whole bunch of projects and and that are never finished you know yeah like I won't start a project until I've finished my last project because I just know that you got to have a you you got to be a hundred percent and in the mind to see it through because the next project's going to be too distracting. So then we're, um, so manufacturing in China, it's a mission. It's all good though. Like it was like really awesome to go, whoa, I found someone. It was, it was quite a relief to like pass on all the information for, for the manufacturing of the mold to begin, which was quite a big stage. And, and that took, that took a long time because, you know, someone's making the actual mold out of a big block of big block of steel really that gets that gets done and then um and then that's when you start doing your um your first sort of injection samples um there's definitely a language barrier as well so Mm -hmm. i'd be getting um images back of of say the um the test batches coming out of the mold and you'd see say imperfections that you knew had to had to look right you know so um and and then and then I'd fall back on my ability to draw, so I'd take their images, and then I'd use my I'd sketch over all their drawings. Like I'd I'd be like, there's no way that I could my ability to draw would um yeah yeah it was you know I could draw I could draw over the images and uh and get across my message of of what I needed, and and the manufacturer would just be totally onto it and um and and sort it out, you know, and and that just gets the molding made, you know, um and then you get onto screen printing, and that was like a whole nother kettle of fish again, you know, mm. like. The rule had to look like the rule. There had to be continuity in the rule, you know. 
like with what what we use so with the with the red and black and so for each color you have to have a separate screen made so for mm. each leg of the ruler has its own sets of screens for each leg so there ends up being like oh there's oh man there's uh there's over 10 screens to, to print that ruler and then when it's assembled it all has to everything all has to line up yeah, it's like a massive it turned into like just mind-blowing how much work is in that in, in that you know like right from the very get-go with everyone involved and yeah and so along the way i was i just thought it'd be really cool to document the development of the rule i was like imagine how funny it would be to document a project like this and it probably might not work because it's gonna be a big ask but imagine if it worked that'd be pretty kind of cool to see. From a maker, I'd really enjoy watching someone do that on Instagram, just because that's what floats my boat. Yes, I thought I'd I'd just do it. Yeah, organically, over time, it's just been like people who have discovered the ruler online, like say yourself, and they've gotten a kick out of it, has been really awesome. Like some of the messages coming through is just like classic, like it's just gold. And I never even realized the community that's out there of tall, mad, Authors that are just like, <laughs> like shout out to systematic tools. Like oh, that guy's yeah. gold. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a yeah, yeah a deep, deep obsession. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like awesome. From the good rule, I've discovered this awesome community in New Zealand and Australia as well. Much to Kiwi's horror, I'm actually half Australian. My mum's Australian, so I've got this like I kind of feel like I'm straddling the should be straddling the water but <laughs> but i'm definitely kiwi through and through you know but yeah like half my family's over in aussie as well you know i really enjoy uh the aussie and kiwi tradies that are on the gram like it's cool to see almost like like-minded individuals that mm-hmm. that um you might not meet daily on on site but it's it's quite nice to uh it's a cool thing man so the rules the rule got made and then you and then oh covid kicked in i forgot about covid aren't we lucky in these <laughs> hey man oh man we're so lucky yeah um yeah so pretty much the the guys that did all the printing in china they had a big holiday right and then covid kicked in and so they wouldn't let these guys back across the border to where they worked so the ruler just got on hold for like forever. It was, mm. yeah, so it just went installed. But eventually they they got on top of it and, and eased the border restrictions within China. And then uh, these, yeah, the guys could get back and, and get stuck into printing the ruler. And and, um, and then the brass hardware, the first lot of brass hardware turned up. But I think this is where it was key that my tracking down the right person, um, that my tool manufacturer sent it all back. She's just like, nah, it's not good enough because I was really emphasizing that it has to be like really good quality because that's just how, that's what, that's what I was trying to achieve, you know? And mm-hmm. uh, so, yeah, she, so she sends it all back to her um, subcontractor and then more turn up and then uh, she's like, nah, not good enough, sends it all back. <laughs> and uh, and I, I reckon that was like just having all those uh those key people along the way. If I didn't get those, um, get these people that I, it, it potentially could have hit so many roadblocks along the way, you know, mm-hmm. and it's just by chance and also oh, perseverance, I would say, you know, like trusting your instinct to, to, to be like, I really think this is the way forward mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and educating yourself so that you're, you're making the, 
best decision with the most information that you can get your hands on. And then, uh, yeah, and then, oh man, then I had to learn all about freight forwarding and how to get freight from China to New Zealand and bill of lading documents and, oh man, commercial invoice doc, you know, it's just, wow. yeah, yeah. So yeah. Back online, learning all about the terminology for freighting and then you're like, oh man, like it just doesn't stop. Um, yeah, you're just like, I just wanted a ruler. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah but it's cool that like yeah it's like a great thing to have done because it's the amount of stuff you've learned and then here here we are here we are like my dad texted me an hour ago to say that he's got five big cases of what he called them my folding sticks turned up <laughs> on the doorstep he's just a smart ass um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So that so because we live we live uh, in the rurally. He uh, he's just been a old smartass, but he's been using one. I gave him one, and he's into it. He loves it. Oh, that's the seal of approval, then, isn't it? Uh, you know, he's probably used a few rules over his time. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It was real nice uh, giving my dad a ruler. Mm, it was quite. I bet. Cool. Yeah. 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 Like, he's real red, and uh, yeah, he was like, "Oh my god, I can stick it in my pocket." Because once it's all folded up, it's nice and nice and stubby, you know. And it's, yeah. it's um, it's yeah. Like I use mine every day at work because I, I actually got I got um uh, my man, manufacturer to send me all the um a couple of the printing samples through. So that so the ones you're seeing on online are, are not the were the final out of the out of the mass production. They were they were early iterations. But I was just I'm just going to use it. I've been using it for stick framing. I you know all the little. Everything I added on there, I'm just like using every day. Like a, every day, I seem to be like, "Oh, that's cool." I, yeah, I'm using it for like the split centerline um, feature on the back. I was yeah running air conditioning pipes out the wall, and I was just like, "Oh, I get to use this," and I use that. And then I was doing a brace for some fencing for my our food forest that we've put in over COVID, and I had you know, I was just like, "Oh, just oh yeah," had the rule in my pocket because it fits in my pocket. Because I find um, I'm carrying it around all the time, you know, because it's mm. so compact and doesn't stick way out of your pouch and hook into the scaffold and <laughs> and and snap on you, you know. Yeah. So there you go. That's um. That's how it's. That's the ruler. No, oh, that's cool. Yeah. I wonder if you could, if you can give me maybe just a little bit about the ruler and its features. You know, like you've already mentioned that you you decided to make it 600, 600 mils long, and there's a few cool features about the ruler um, that I that I wouldn't mind asking. For, uh, I guess one of them would be, uh, why did you side with green? Oh, yeah. I think I think it's a cool colour. I think it goes well in, in New Zealand as well. And then also just the some of the features, like I've, I've got a picture of the, one of the pictures on your Instagram. I'm just looking at it now. Like the first 120 mils of the ruler, it looks like it's kind of beveled in on the, on the inside legs of the first... First half yep. of it, uh, if you will, and then you know you've also got that kind of um, what would you call it, like a protractor kind of angle finding feature to the ruler as well, where you can, like you said, you had that brace um, that you did on your fence, and you were like scribing an angle that you had set through the through the ruler itself. So, and, and then like you say that the split center line, so you're you know when you're when you're marking something out and you're not having to figure out the oh, measurement yeah, like backwards, you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like a piece of expensive door hardware and mm. you've got to set it in and you're just like trying, yeah, it's just making it a bit easier so you don't have to 
try and do that math in your head and you're a little bit bit of sweat on the brow because you know it's a really thick expensive bit of cedar joinery you know mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. you pop it up it's, it's sort of like that thought in mind you know so the features yeah start at the top really you know like it's 600 long fully fully folded out which is which is half a sheet of you know it's half sheet of ply it's half sheet of jib it's 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 an it's an imperial measurement you know that's that's it's a unit of um what all our timber turns up in you know like a sheet of you know 1.2 by 2.4 like we all know that you know and that Mm -hmm. and that's that's a unit of that so just by holding the ruler up is not holding a fully folded out ruler is an instant mark to center you know like you don't have to walk your way along the ruler to try and find 600 but then you've um, or especially if you're doing, you know, like floor joist spacing, if you want to just do a quick reference. So like you're, you're screwing off your flooring and you just, you got your screw gun in one hand, your, your quick drive screw gun in one hand, and you just want to pull your ruler out and you don't have another hand spare for a pencil. You just want to hold the ruler to get a rough shot. And then you're boom, you've got your floor joist. Do you know what I mean? If you mm-hmm. any anything like that, you know, like when you're jibbing, you're not going to pull your pencil out and, and draw all over your jib because that'll mark your wall and and ruin your paint finish. You know, you just want it's there. You know, pull your ruler out. It's uh, folded in half, or you know, it's three hundred centers, which is what we screw our jib off at forty-five wide. Oh, yeah. so then folded into quarters is sorry one fifty. Um, we screw our say eco ply off. You're, you're using one fifty centers. Mm-hmm. So you know, when you've like you've only got a short little bit to do, and you're not going to pull out your pencil and your tape and mark perfectly all the way down you're just gonna you've got your ruler you can just rough out around your windows you know like Mm -hmm. 45 wide we all know 45 we use it every day you know like you know half the rule 22 and a half you know like yeah if you're sitting up you know if you want to figure out how wide your flush box is and you and or you know you're getting that placement you know like you're, you're marking out to cut out your jib your flush box with your jibsaw and you just want, you know, you can hold your ruler up and you're like, Oh, there's my stud. And, and it's um, your bottom plate height, your top plate height. You know, you just want to make sure you're hitting those, you know, mm-hmm. so it's just handy. Like I was using it for, um, to give myself when I was framing up for your wall intersection, I just needed that 45 mil space. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was just like marking out all my bottom plates. So I just had my ruler instead of, you know, it was just instantly, you just scribe one side of the ruler and you've scribed 45 without even having to unfold the ruler, you know, like it's, mm-hmm. you're just holding this like perfect little block of measurements in your hand. Yeah. It's, and then um, the 180 angle finder, you know, like I found a image of like a super old rule. It must've been like a hundred years old. I think it was like 19, oh, sorry, 1890. That's how old this rule was. And it had, um, had angle finders on it. And I was just like, why is that not on the rollers anymore? Where did that, it must've been like an old drafting one. It was a folding ruler. And I was just like, where where did that go? Why haven't we got it on there? I was like, I'd use that. The look of it though, you know, like the layout of how it looks comes from, you know, Becky and and then Hayden putting his, uh, the, the young industrial designer, putting his twist on it to make it blend in with the mark, you know, like everyone's had a, had had their own take on it you know for the look that you see today the green so i just know from drawing like contrasting colors so if you ever looked at a um a color wheel of contrasting colors so the 
opposite of red, which is our red increment is green um, mm. to get a perfect contrast. So that just pops that red ink out on your increments. So it's, it's, it's intentional because that's the logical color to use, but it's also a really good color. And the high vis, it's like, I don't know how many times you've put your ruler down and you're just like, where did I put down my ruler? You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like mm -hmm. you can see that rule sitting on a, on a nog, like from across the room, you know, the center line measurement on the back, run a, run a string line for straightening bottom plates or oh, so many uses like putting ball hardware in. You just want to, you want to split center, but you don't want to do the math, you know, like mm -hmm. that's where you can make some costly mistakes, you know, especially if it's uh, yeah, you're grinning. You're <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I just go back to all the ones where you're like having to humbly go to your boss to tell him you've made a bit of a cock up, you know, because <laughs> yeah. you've misread your measurements wrong. Yeah. So it, it definitely, um, yeah, yeah, it's it's for that. And then and then obviously, you know, it's like the true ten mil, ten mil thick. The cool thing is, is industrial designers created a tiny little rebate that rebates the hinge of the pivot so that when the ruler's shut, it's shut perfectly as a 10 mil all the way through. Whereas mm. the other rules actually rise up on the little metal tab on the rule. So one end's not, it's not really true all the way through. Mm -hmm. So just that, it's just got that refinement that you'd expect in a well thought out product, mm -hmm. which was quite important, you know, like it's just, it, it's got to be done, you know, like you couldn't not do it. It'd look wrong if you, and then, and that goes back to that, like talking early on, earlier on was like, Hey, you've got to get your structure right to achieve those details at the end. You mm -hmm. know, mm -hmm. like you got to think about, you got to get that groundwork perfect, mm -hmm. not perfect, but like as you get become an older tradesman, you've got to learn the fine line between where you can have leeway and where detail has to be or those high tolerances have to be adhered to to, to strike that you know because mm -hmm. you don't want to spend all day mucking around with structure mm -hmm. because you got to know your tolerances and you only get that with it, time and experience you know i remember a boss when i was an apprentice he's just like look look regan you just you spend too much time in the detail you just got to move through it and I always remember that it's about that balance, you know, like, mm -hmm. and, and that's where you get your speed and your efficiency as being almost like craftsmen. I think that's what maybe you've got your tradesmen who get up and go to work and put the tool belt on. But then the next level above that is almost like the craftsman who does that. But then there's that, there's almost like a higher understanding mm. that where it's in your brain, you know, like, yeah, you're ticking. Yeah. Yeah, it's part of you. Hundred percent. Oh, and then the yeah, I, I highlighted all the feature the fifty mil increments along the ruler as well. Just to, Ah, yeah, okay. And they're in red go. as well. Yeah. Yeah, yep. yeah, in red. And mm -hmm. I've found that just really handy for like GS one markings, you know, like yeah. just like that fifty fifty. And like the, the the overall length of the ruler as you're bracing as you're screwing off for for that pattern that's three hundred at the end of it, you know? Yeah, right, sure. 75, 75, you just hold the ruler against it and you can just go. But then a good, yep. really good jib fixer doesn't even use 
that they can just screw it off and you can pull your ruler out and measure it and it's perfect and yeah just like, you know the iron you know yeah 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 oh no that's great um um I'm definitely excited to um, get my hands on one and give it a go because, uh, you know, I think as a, like you say, I mean, uh, I, I dare not say that I'm a craftsman, but I like to think I have that kind of, or at least I aspire to have that relationship with my trade where I'm really, where it is a part of me. And, you know, I take it, I don't know if seriously is the right word. Yeah, I, I, I want to be good at it and, and it's nice to, it's nice to have that feeling that you've got a tool in your belt that someone's put that much effort into. Um, so you yourself can be creative and, and efficient. Yeah, it's great. And I know a lot of people um, will definitely be wanting to give it a crack because just from, just from the images, it, it looks like, yeah, you know, the, the idea of reinventing a ruler or at least, you know, making a, a much better ruler than what's available today you know if i didn't if i didn't know all the effort that you put into it i would just thought like i I wouldn't even know how you get started on that you know but thank goodness we have people like you who are who are wired the way you are who you know who are up for tackling something like that because i think yeah it looks like you're onto a winner and i yeah i can't wait to to get a hold of it yeah i i wouldn't mind asking um definitely before we wrap it up you know how people can find out about what your, the project is or, or where they can, you know, find you website wise, Instagram wise, and how they can perhaps down the line, uh, get their hands on the roller itself. Yeah. I mean, w- what's the future for the project? I mean, is it just kind of, you're at the stage of now, I mean, like you said, your, your old man's got your, um, measuring sticks or is that what he called <laughs> your measuring <laughs> sticks? Yeah. So yeah. What happens now? You, you, uh, now is the, you're selling them yourself is that how it's gonna work in the early stages yeah 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 so there, there's an online store sitting there ready to go it's 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 called the the good dot nz where you'll find it uh i will be doing a instagram post to say that it's all up and running but i'm just it's just doing just a little bit of admin boring admin stuff getting it all lined up just so it's not a um cock and balls at the, at the end so if anyone's buying one it's going to turn up at their house you know what i mean like um it, it yeah it's just that it, it's um been quite a bit of interest that i hadn't quite took into account yeah, yeah i just have to be a bit prepared that uh i can get everyone their ruler that they want um mm. so yeah so be patient i'll work through it yeah and and then the instagram is um uh the good.nz um and you can follow the progression of 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 the rule um the future of the rule oh yeah hopefully it'll um i don't see why not but it's seems pretty legit like it's the ones i've got it's it's cool and i'll keep using it and i know like i've got well there you go i've got um i've got other ones up my sleeve that i um i've already got designed but you just got to finish this project before you can start the next one, you know? Um, 100%. So it could be, it could, I can't give too much away on future projects because, you know, you put a jinx on them, but um, yeah, yeah, no, you just got to, yeah, you just got to get them done. But this one, yeah, this one's almost finished. So, well, this stage of it's finished. Mm-hmm. You could say, yeah, there's still, as I've discovered, there's still a lot that has to be learned. 
further, you know, that I don't know yet, but I'm pretty sure there will be, yeah. I like that. And what I like about your story, and I'm sure a lot of people will get a kick out of, is that, you know, when you think about what you've done, I think of like, I mean, of course you haven't just done it by yourself, but you think of it like a massive company or a whole army of people working together or working on something like what you've created. It's just cool to hear you and your journey, how, you know, you're learning as you go and you're finding out about sourcing agents and how to find a manufacturer and how to do commercial shipping and stuff like that. It's just cool. It's a it seems to suit your personality very well. You're just an inquisitive guy and, you know, this is just another thing that you can learn and and, um, and find another niche to be creative in. So, yeah, I take my hat off to you, uh, Regan. It's, it's a cool project and I think you'll make, a, you'll make a lot of tradies pretty happy, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, cool. Well, yeah, no, nah, it's, uh, nah, it's cool. It's, um, I'm glad, yeah, no, nah, it'll be... Uh, it's got a good idea, you know, like... Um, the biggest thing of, oh man, is surround yourself with, intentionally surround yourself with good people. If you're the, if you're the smartest person in the room, you know, like you got to get out of that room. Mm. You know, if you know what I mean, mm-hmm. like find those, find those people that, that inspire you to well, just find people that inspire you and, and uh, yeah, things happen, you know, like people that I've associated with, I've, I draw my inspiration and motivation from, you know, like that's quite important. It's quite a lot. I don't think you can, it'd take a pretty epic or special person to do it all on their own. Back in the day you could, but I think now everything's so much more refined and, and so specialist that you need, you need help. You can go so far, but and it's about being the hub of a wheel, you know, like, mm. but you still needed the whole wheel to move forward, you know, but you need everyone in them. You can be the hub of the wheel, but there's a lot of spokes involved to, yeah. to create. Yeah, exactly. But I, I, what I like is that, you know, you've clearly backed yourself, which is cool. And I think that's like an inspirational and it's a positive message like you. You, you know, it's cool. Like you said, this all started off from you just wanting a, a better ruler and you're back to yourself as the guy to, to do that. So, yeah, that's pretty cool. And I think that's quite inspirational for people listening. You know, don't be afraid to back your own ideas. And, and you know, there's obviously a lot of dedication and a lot of kind of focus that needs to go into that. Like you say, you focus on one project at a time and you're very deliberate. And, you know, it, it sounds if if you're going to take anything away from your own process, the there certainly seems to be a lot of, importance placed on learning how to draw quite well and the way that that's helped you transfer ideas is and it makes sense especially for us tradies you know I think we're quite visual and practical people in the way that we learn and the way that we act so having those skills to draw uh, yeah invaluable like Mm. like as a a communication tool you know Mm. Um, yeah for the not so book smart kids like us or me (laughs) Yeah. yeah yeah it's definitely pretty huge eh? and mm. and failure too like um can brace failure as yeah. well like you gotta fail on every failure is a, is another step forward of learning you know with with projects i'm talking about you know you know like if you've got an idea give it a crack but educate yourself in every aspect that you can in it so that like projects can be expensive you know 
But yeah. you're awesome. If you're into it, you know, you get a kick out of it's forming something in your mind and, and uh, turning it into reality, you know, into something you can hold or, or, or build and walk into, you know, mm. like it's especially, you know, building a, building an amazing home for, uh, for some people, you know, and when you uh, come back like in, in, in 12 months time and the lawn's all growing and, and the house is men and all their furniture's in and you're living in there and the, you know, the doors are all open to the, to the beach, to the waterfront. And it just looks like something in a magazine. And, and then you, and then you look at all that detailing and you're just like, Holy crap. That was at the time you were so engrossed and it, it's not until you've gone away and come back and then you appreciate what, you created or you and your team have created you know because mm. because mm-hmm. it is it's the team it's a team effort those you know to to do to do a big technical project whether it's a architectural a high-end architectural build or or the good rule you know like yeah it's a team effort to uh to get there even though there might be a bit of yelling and swearing along the way and and bleeding knuckles but it's all good yeah yeah yeah, it's worth it. It's a valuable way to spend your time, I think, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, awesome, yeah. Reagan. Man, that was um, that was a that was a good one. I really enjoyed your story. Um, it's really insightful to hear about the the process of of making a tool. You know, right from the the idea of you driving to work one day and saying, you know, why why is my roller a meter? To now, you you know, they're they're on. New Zealand shores and and you're figuring out a way to get them out to people pretty soon. So yeah, it's exciting. It's really cool to hear. I think a lot of people will get a kick out of that. So thanks for sharing your story. Thanks for coming on the podcast. I'll leave all the details of where people can find out more and in the notes of the show when I post it up. Yeah. Thanks for doing it. And, and be sure to let me know what your next project is when you can kind of release that information and maybe we can, we can talk again. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah. Totally. Just make make time to daydream. Yeah. It's really important. Yeah. I like it. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Cheers, Regan. Okay, mate. Really nice to meet you, Adam. And, awesome. Um, yeah. And love love listening to you. I'll keep I'm a fan. <laughs> cool. Cheers, brother. Yeah, yeah. Thank okay, you. Bro. Okay. 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 See you. Bye. Bye. All right, thanks for listening, friends. If, like me, you enjoy conversations about the love of building and creating, then please consider subscribing to the show and leaving a review at wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks very much to Regan for his time. This one was pretty informative and insightful into, you know, not only the process of how something gets made, but also how someone can turn an idea into a reality. It was cool to hear. It's pretty inspiring you know he's a a guy devoted to getting things done it's cool to know that one man can can pull off such an effort so yeah good on him and definitely go and follow regan on instagram at the good nz and get yourself a ruler www.thegood.nz thanks again to you for your time and support I really appreciate it if you can leave me a review. That would be great. You can follow me on Instagram at Chippeway Carpenter to keep up to date with what's happening here on the podcast. And until the next one, keep chipping away.